This is Aaron Cooter, illustrator of many comic books, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Hey there, folks. Uh, this is Eleven O'clock Comics. As Mr. Aaron Cooter just uh, just told you a couple minutes ago, Vince B is not here, uh, so it is just the other three guys. And did you guys just hear all of the <laughs> all the iPods and iPhones that's, that's and yeah, Android devices just turning oh, off? Bitches! It's like click, click, click. I I am Christopher Neesman. I I am David Price, and at least. Um, I can understand then if if Ricardo doesn't listen this week, since since the lead singer of the group won't be participating. You you hold. Oh, you are the grudge holder. And and I do not hold grudges because I am Chris Birdman Anderson. <laughs> I don't. Oh don't God! Oh, is that the is that the 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 freaky heat guy? Yeah, the crazy tattooed white dude. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, gotta bring that up. Really. Birdman, I'm watching the game right now. God, I hate that team. Um, no, Birdman. you're you're not not heroin shooting NBA oh, star <laughs> tattoo guy. You're Jason Wood. <laughs> and this episode of Eleven O'clock Comics is brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. That's right, it's DCBService.com. It is the place that you should be going to get your comic books, and you can choose all sorts of different shipping options. So you can get a monthly, or um, every two weeks, or every week, and you can save tons of money on your comics. Everything from you know, was it thirty-five to seventy-five percent off? Isn't that uh, isn't that the the range guys yeah it is correct and, you, know, you pre-order and you can get your your digital version of 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 uh previews so you don't have to worry about getting the phone book every month and it's it's a great and easy way to go through your list and and order all your stuff and and find stuff that you normally wouldn't even find at your at your local comic shop it's just it's a great service they're great people that run it we talk about it every week and if you for some weird reason have not started ordering your books through dcb service and you are a first-time customer, you can get an extra 8% off, which on that first order, it all adds up, and you can get huge Wumba discounts. David, how do you get that extra 8% off? Get it by typing in the code EOC8. Yes. Whenever you are first-time first time or or even if I think if you have not ordered for over a year, uh, I think that will qualify you for uh, for being a, a new first-timer. But you have yes. to check with them on that. So Discount Comic Book Service, they're great people, and uh, it's a great way to get your comic books. And um, So, yeah, guys, it's just the three of us, so I think we're just going to freewheel tonight, talk uh, about some comics. Uh-huh, kind of crazy. Actually, David and I are going to spend the next hour talking about the Doctor Who finale. 
I figured that's why I've got a, that's why I got my iPad ready to play some Candy Crush while you guys talk about Doctor Who. No, we're gonna say we're gonna save the TV talk. We had uh, we had PM back and forth a little bit. I am so far behind on my TV watching. Game of Thrones is the only TV show that I keep up with anymore, and I'm already I'm a week behind on that. I'm really uh-huh. I'm I've got an uh, I've got a flight. Uh, this week, actually, two flights in the next week of uh, of a few different uh, hours. So I'm looking forward to uh, uh, having the the laptop or the iPad on the on the plane and catching up on some on some stuff. But uh, real quickly, David, have you have you enjoyed this season of Doctor Who? I I very much enjoyed uh, this season of Doctor Who. Uh, Eleven has well, I'm not gonna give anything away. Matt Smith has grown on me in this second half of the season. Um, it does not hurt that uh, that Clara, that General Louise Coleman, is, is his companion. So that is pretty... I cannot tell you how many times I've rewound scenes where she's running away or doing something that just looks good in, in the skirt and stockings. The uh, And I did... You um, dirty old man. I am. But uh, Simon asked me to uh, sit in on an episode, this week's episode of Comic Impact podcast, where uh, we talked about the name of the Doctor, the season finale, and Rick Hansen sat in with us. So, oh, nice. um, yeah, we'll put the link in the show notes for that. Uh, thanks, Simon, again for inviting me on. So, we did go into in detail quite a bit about the, uh, the episode, but I, I have enjoyed this season. I definitely enjoyed the finale. I am looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the finale, Christopher, because uh, some old, old school Who fans should enjoy. Or actually, I'm curious to know if, if you being an old school Who fan, if if you do like the finale as much as I do. All right. Well, I will. I, I look forward to watching it. You know, I uh, without Vince here, I forgot my own damn bit. We gotta we gotta do the drink roll call. <laughs> uh, 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 Jason, um, why don't you? I, I'm, I'm trep- You're stymied. I'm. I yes. know. I'm. I'm just. I'm trepidatious because because you have you've been you know sometimes here sometimes not with a drink roll call. So well, I, w- I was here last week when Mr. I know. Stegman was here. That's I know. True. We don't have a special guest, so that is I'm, true. Which I'm is thinking, why I'm drinking Diet Dr Pepper. Damn, there we go. I knew it. That's why I do lead off. <laughs> David, pick me up. Uh, well, since it is just the three of us, I am sipping on some Menage a Trois. Oh, oh, nice. That's an oldie but a goodie. Yes, it is. In my official menage a trois glass, sent to me by uh, L.A. Rabbit himself and Mrs. Rabbit. Oh, they're good people. Okay. I've, I've, I found a special one today. This one hails from the town I was born in. Huh. I am from, I'm not from, but I was born in the town of Murfreesboro, Illinois, which is... Uh, just due west of Carbondale, Illinois, which is where I went to college. And uh, Murfreesboro is the uh, the home of um, the, the Big Muddy River. And there is kind of a legendary, um, what, what, in proof, what, what did they call them? The, um, uh, the creatures that, uh, the kind of mythical creatures, do you know what I'm talking about? Wait, what, huh? Like, like the... Bigfoot is is a um, a cryptid. A cryptid. That, that, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Right. Thank you. There is a cryptid in in southern Illinois, and it's called the Big Muddy Monster, and okay. it's kind of a Bigfoot. Um, it's like a big muddy Bigfoot. 
It's a big, hairy, muddy river creature, gorilla thing that has been uh, off-seen by by the uh, uh, the locals in southern Illinois. And Big Muddy Brewing has their Big Muddy Monster, and it is a, an India-style brown ale. And so I saw this at uh, at the liquor store tonight on the way home, and I was like, I've got to get some Big Muddy Monster. So, uh, yeah, it's a 6.5% by volume uh, uh, brown ale. And it's... Uh, it's pretty tasty. I'm 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 enjoying it quite a bit. So so there you go. A little bit. The, w- Wikipedia. Big muddy monster. Zach Krusey would love it. Nice. So there you go. Um, well, Jason, we bored you with some Doctor Who talks. So you huh. want well, you that was about the best stuff. Doctor Who conversation we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> we so that bad. was awesome. Can we do that every time the game comes out? Sure. Uh, I'll tell you what though. I, I've been a little bit of a TV mode as well. Uh, it took me a decade, but I'm finally absolutely engrossed and pouring through the wire. I really? Have, uh, oh, cool. Okay. How many seasons are you into? I'm in the middle of the second season. Okay. Oh, and I was okay. actually disappointed to realize, I don't know why I thought otherwise, but maybe because I, I waited a decade to start watching it. I, I assumed, I've owned the box set for like two years now, just mm-hmm. you know, un, unopened. I assumed that the seasons were more than like 13, 12, 13 oh, episodes. Apiece. No, HBO season, yeah. Yeah, so there's really only like 60 episodes in the entirety, and it's just, this is a show that's held in such universal high regard. I mean, this is one of those shows that people that love it, when it gets brought up, say, best show ever on TV, period, yes. drop yes. the mic and walk away. Like, they don't even, in their view, it's not even up for discussion. Yeah. So it's been daunting because, you know, I don't know. Like that's a high, like, it's, a, it's a high bar to go into where you're like expecting it to be the best show of all time. Yeah, 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 but I have to say, I started watching the first episode um, two or three times on my iPad, and it just I, I wasn't pulling me in. And then it's like a book where the first chapter maybe doesn't get you, but then yep. by the second episode, I just couldn't get enough, and it's been like that ever since. In fact, I'm I'm just you know I'm dying for the commute tomorrow so I can watch another episode because nice. uh, <laughs> it's it's you know it's it, look I mean uh, it, again it sounds ridiculous because it's ten years old that I'm I'm. I'm probably the last one to the party here, but oh, it nice. is well deserved. The, the acting is impeccable um, because it's an HBO show, just like all the other great shows that we adore. There's consequences. People get locked up. People die. People, you know, it's which which is just to me what really makes cable shows so much better than network shows. Well, and it's like it's like any great story, any great you know piece of of fiction or or nonfiction. Yeah. Whenever you find yourself, and it's what Game of Thrones is doing to me right yep. now with fucking yep. Jamie Lannister. It, it when you find yourself. Not not just being sympathetic to the bad guys, but you find yourself kind of rooting for them mm-hmm. sometimes. Sure. And I mean, there are bad guys that you absolutely hate in the wire that are just bad people. They're bad oh, yeah, people, yeah. and you you're always going to hate them. But there there are people on that side of the line that you not just start rooting for, but you become emotionally vested with. And and The Wire was so good about humanizing people that, you know, and, and you know, let's be honest, in our day-to-day lives, you would, you would walk by and not think twice. And it puts you in their world. And, um, and whether that be, you know, cops or gangsters or just people in in the community um from you know different ethnic groups and you get to see things from their perspective Mm -hmm. and it's it's all feels 
real and all the characters are real. It's yeah, it's it's awesome. It's awesome. I I can definitely tell that it's going to have one of those when I'm done this, when I'm done it though it's going to feel really just disheartening because that's it and then we yeah. know for it's been gone long enough that we know there's definitely no more coming so it's just yeah but then, but then you can go watch Treme yeah yeah and it's no, just not the same not but the same but yeah no no but yeah. uh so I've been I've been doing that but I have been you know reading some comics um I think we should we have alluded on about eight straight episodes that we were going to discuss a certain independent comic uh yes. that that the three of us uh well, you started reading, and then you you I think you rally you got us to say, oh, you know, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that. Now, I I think um, I guess in terms of chronology, I I know I read at least what we're going to talk about today. I I read many years ago, and and mm-hmm. so I had to reread it. But uh, but I'm talking about uh, Wasteland, which uh, at the beginning know, it was Anthony Johnson and uh, and Chris and Mitten. Christopher Mitten. Yeah. Chicagoan Christopher Mitten. I met uh, Chris Mitten at the uh, one and only Windy City Comic Con. He is just a super duper nice guy, and so is Anthony Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, at the time, I was reading Wasteland, and mm-hmm. I said hello to him, but I, I wasn't as as uh, well. In fact, that was just my beginning of being into original art, so I didn't, I didn't ever get him to, to draw anything for me, and and I, I wish I had, and or bought a page from Wasteland because I have never seen him since. So really. Yeah, yeah, well, he was, yeah. He was just walking around C two each of this year. You oh, know, okay. I actually own a Christopher Mitten original page, mm. and it is um, uh, notable because it is it's not from Wasteland, but it okay. is it is also written by Anthony Johnson. Anthony Johnson and Christopher Mitten are um, um, they did a Queen and Country story, and Anthony is the only that's person right. to yes, have ever right. written a Queen and Country story mm-hmm. besides Greg Rucka. Right. And that <clears throat> might be a tease for next week. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I own uh, I own that, and uh, and Chris did a piece on my uh, my Avengers Jam. Oh, that's right too. He did, he nice. Did, yeah, he did my uh, did the Moon Knight on there. So yeah, super nice guy. But yeah, well, definitely. Let's um um let's jump into uh jump into Wasteland. Your guys um like first initial thoughts on the series. Um, I, li- I I really like the art. It's uh and and I like it's it's little things. I like the uh, I like mittens um or well actually uh, Sherwood's. Word balloon placement. I like the letters. It's not. It really. Mm-hmm. It's as I'm reading this, and I'm. I'm. I'm just. Nothing is. It's black and white. There's gray tones, uh, but it has a distinct look. It, it, it. You can tell who everybody. You can tell who all the players are visually. Uh, you know who. Who is speaking? I'm, I mean, because the word balloons. I'm, I'm looking at the pages, and and the balloons themselves may be large and there may not be a lot of words in them but they're still not obtrusive it's there, there's there's a sparseness to the story from the art and, and oh yeah and, and and you know really the the entire uh the entire atmosphere it is uh um uh, for those that have never read wasteland it is a uh a post-apocalyptic story uh about uh about a uh, a loner who comes across a uh, um, a village out in the wasteland and uh um kind of hell comes after him and there's a lot of uh um, repercussions to him coming to this village and uh 
you know, I don't want to give too much away, but, but, um, he ends up, um, not partnering up, but out of a sense of, of twisted responsibility, um, helping to ferry them across this wasteland to, uh, to a city. And, uh, um, it, it, things really unfold from there, which is, is kind of what I loved about the series is that, is that it's, you know, it's very much an onion series. There's a lot of layers to it. You have, you have a lot of politics on one side with, with everything that's going on in the city. And then you have this, um, band of now nomads and, and their, you know, their culture. And then these, these central characters kind of in, in the middle that, uh, that kind of set up the, the, the base story. And then it, it moves on from there. But, uh, I mean, is that a fair way to, you know, of the setup of the story, I guess? Yeah, I, I would compare it like the elevator, the Hollywood elevator pitch to me would be, uh, high, high plains drifter meets Dune. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. like like it's it, in a lot of ways with a little tell, Mad, a little Mad Max thrown in there. Yeah, yeah you can tell <laughs> that uh, Mitten. Uh, well, I'm sorry that uh, Johnston is clearly enamored by the uh, classic spaghetti western, and, and this predates mm-hmm. spaghetti westerns. But I mean, it just given the scenes, the, the way he's like, you know, the 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 the, the loner, like you said, the uh, the antihero. Oh, it's that, Eastwood. Yeah, totally. yeah. That 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 is that that is uh, in many ways not a good person. He's a killer, a thief. He's 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 betrayed a lot of people in his life. Really, very self-serving, but has this sort of tiny kernel of morality and decency that 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 yeah that that uh, keeps him from abandoning this this group of of of, of miscast people and and outcasts and and kind of take like you said takes them under under his wing. Um, you know, even though he probably. If the, if if the coin flipped nine out of ten times, he probably would have left them and, and to to die or whatever. But but this one time, it's because maybe the way he was feeling in the, the certain circumstances, he decides that he's going to help them. And uh, um, but but the the, the night, I mean, you said first impressions. I mean, again, I, I this is the second time I've read it. So, but the first time I read it, I can recall being really taken by the um, complexity. Uh, of the backstory, um, mm-hmm. clearly Johnston and he, and Johnston has a website devoted to Wasteland that he's maintained the big, and the Big yeah, Wet, yeah, the Big Wet, exactly. And you know, clearly this is something that he didn't just wake up one day and decide to do. I mean, he has thought through the 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 universe, and and there's just a lot of complexity, right? I mean, there's a tremendous amount of uh, of 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 uh, undertone about faith, mm-hmm. uh, and and how faith evolves and how. Uh, you know the faith that's dominating this world is obviously a different type of religion. Reli- there are different types of religions that are at odds here. Um, you know the uh, basically there's there's the the people that don't live in the city are essentially viewed as sun worshippers, and they're kind of viewed uh, by the by the um, political elite in the town in the city as 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 being beneath them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that the, the yeah, city it's, state it's, it's very very much a uh... Uh, Jews and Egyptians kind of exactly, kind of right. feel to it. <laughs> yeah, the city state is very much dominated by a quasi-religious political group, um, you know, led by a, a you know sort of a blindfolded leader, and uh, he's very intolerant of very much of a pharaoh type. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and somewhat of a fake prophet, you know, in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, that, that really uses the the tenets of his faith to exert political power to maintain control. Um, not that that's ever happened. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think it's it, it plays with you know they're they're in, in, and and even though it's a very um, uh, organic and uh, uh, you know very puerile setting because of the, it's in a desert and everyone's you know it, there's there's a scarcity of of resource. There's also an element of pure science fiction and and and, and powers. You know, there there are you learn pretty quickly that that some people. In, in the world have legitimate powers and they're not necessarily honed. Uh, you know, I kind of viewed them as like, it'd be like the, 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 the X-Men when Xavier first comes across them, like they know they can do things and sometimes they can do them well, but, but they're, none of them are really polished. They've never really, you know, they're, they don't live in a world where they're sitting there training themselves to, to use their powers in a really effective ways. They're mm-hmm. just kind of there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, it just the, the, there's just so many layers to this story. Well, that, there's uh, there's you know we, we talk about world building, and this is a book that is all about world building. Whenever mm-hmm. you, by the time that you are, you know, into the second storyline, the, the the you have a very fleshed out look at at the world that has been revealed to that point and and it's very much a a frontier land and so you get to discover more of it as they they push out and as we get into um i'm reading it in the uh the apocalyptic editions the really nice uh hardbound um uh, versions and in the second one they uh, they push out uh, as the quest kind of really begins uh, a, a, another quest in the in the the story they push out and uh, interact with with more tribes that uh, they're out in the wasteland and it uh, it it you know reveals yet you know another layer to the world that that they're building there and uh, yeah it's just. Uh, everything everything is very well thought out and and planned you you know it's it, it has it has a thickness to it that uh you know it's really palpable mm-hmm. i mean speaking of the apocalyptic editions as i i think i mentioned a week or two ago the third uh of the apocalyptic editions is in this month's previews oh is it great uh, yeah after okay. a long wait i've been waiting for this one for a long time so it's actually a decent time to jump on i will say this is definitely a story uh, akin to the say a walking dead or fables where you you have to start at the beginning you, yep. you're, you're 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 not there are very few you're not going to one and done you know like the yeah the it's right no. you're going to be lost if you don't start at the beginning and and that said it, it is a complex story i I, have, I will admit that it's it took a few times rereading the first few issues back when i started first reading it to really kind of let everything click as yeah. to what was going on and who was who um i, I think it's analogous to me to the walking dead in that um Mitten's art art style. First of all, it's a black and white book, and second of all, Mitten's art style, while I love it, is uh, unique enough that um, I found at first difficult to discern some of the characters from one another. And over time, once I got used to his style and I began understanding the, the the characters more for who they were, it was no longer an issue. And I remember the same thing for me with Charlie Adler. Charlie, you know? I was going to say it's kind of what Charlie Adler. Thought. Yeah, I mean, when when Adler took over for Tony in issue seven of Walking Dead, you know, the first trade or two, I often had some, I had difficulty sometimes figuring out who was who on the page. Um, but now I have no issues because I understand his style and the little things he does to make each character look different. Um, I think the same of Mitten. Now I know I haven't gotten to the part of Wasteland where Mitten stops being the illustrator. 
that I think but, that's in the third yeah, apocalyptic edition. I know there's a new guy that took over. Well, like, he said he's. I was talking to him at C2E2, and he said mm-hmm. that the color, uh, the color issue at, that wraps mm-hmm. up the second apocalyptic edition just mm-hmm. just killed him. And okay. it was just that that kind of led to to the to the break that you know he was taken with it that and um, you know some other I think some other gigs came up and um, but I believe I believe he's coming back to it. It's okay. Okay. Good. Yeah, I, I think. Well, I think. And and don't quote me on that. It's uh, um, but but I think there may be some um, some more Christopher Mitten wasteland uh, at some point somewhere. Mm-hmm. So. Now another thing about this, the, the the book is that they use at times uh, their own language, um, and it's very similar to um, to uh, Spaceman, where where which Azarello Spaceman oh. did, where where the the writing in the word balloons is is supposed to be a dialect of 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 their world now, but it's it's basically phonetic. I mean, the, it's written phonetically. And there's a lot of slang that that revolves around the world they live in, oh, yeah. and the slang makes sense to you again as you get into the story. You start picking up on it, but at the first, it's a little daunting because the, you, the dog tribe slang was amazing. Yeah, absolutely, it was absolutely. Fantastic. Or like you know, or, or you know, in the beginning of the story, you know, they're they're asking about you know Ariasi, you know, and and it's like when you say it, or you, as people hear me, they probably are hearing it for what it is. But when you see it on the page, you're like, it seems like a it, you don't make the connection as quickly unless you say it. If when you speak it, when you sound it out phonetically, then you're like, oh, oh, I get it. It's sort of the and in that regard, I, I don't know that Vince has ever given this a try, but but like when when they started talking about Ariasi, I was thinking this is right of Vince's Ella from a commandy perspective. You know, like you know, you had like command D. Wait, so, and, yeah. so what's Ariasi? Well, I mean, yeah. you that's area C. Uh huh. Right? It's that's the I mean, but so they, like they, a command D, yeah, yeah, you know. But I'm saying, so, but like in, but they're referring to it as a, they're it's yeah, written, they're so paradise, it's, they're mecca, yeah, yeah, you know. But but because it's almost legendary, they don't really, you know, because over time, I mean, do you guys presume this is Earth? I mean, is that the presumption we're supposed? I do, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's, yeah right? it's it's a hundred years, right? Um, after, after the big after wet, the big wet, whatever, whatever this storm is, whatever, whatever occurred that basically, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's you know, global warming and the flooding of the earth. I, I mean, so right now it's it's I'm only, I'm only up to about the 13th issue. I I, I read the first issue when it came out, the, the double sized book for a buck, and um, I enjoyed it, and and I went to the bigwet.com. I downloaded the music he had for it. I was all into it, and I I. I guess something didn't click with the second issue because I wasn't feeling it and I just put it off to the side and then um, but it was something that you know I knew Chris enjoyed and 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 it's something I wanted to give a second chance to down the line um, and that happened when Amazon accidentally had the Wasteland Omnibus which is about um, 20 plus issues or so it's um it is the first 35 issues. They had the Wasteland Omnibus for 2.99. Oh, <laughs> and and I you had to get it through Amazon. So I I, I grabbed yeah. the fire and I bought it. And it and it's it's in my Comicsology library and it's what I've been reading. Mm-hmm. And you know I, even the Carlos McNeil issue I enjoyed. Yep. It, it's it's once I sat down. And and I said, all right, so we're going to talk about it. Let me, 
let me just take my time and, and, and read it. And I'm, I'm kicking myself for just letting it pile up. I, I should have, I should have stayed on top of it. I should, cause I think I have, I must have the first six or seven issues in, in paper and somewhere on the shelf. And, um, I think I just, that was one of the things because I wasn't reading it that I, I stopped getting in, in my shipment. And, um, no, I'm, I'm, I screwed that up. I'm, I'm glad I'm reading it now. I'm glad I have 35 issues. To you know, read, the, it's, the, it's, the apocalyptic editions are so nice that if you have waited on it, it's it's actually a series that's nice to get in the collections because they did such a nice job with them. They did. They did. And the apocalyptic editions can be found, you know, especially if you are a little patient. I, I know I, I ordered them when they first came out and paid, um, you know, a decent price for them, and I've seen them since – Every now and then at like a T-Faw sale or Tales of Wonder or, you know, other places. Uh, even on eBay, you could check for pretty decent discounts. And um, and I, so I would definitely commend those to your attention. They're not – I know sometimes people hear oversized hardcovers and they assume that they're out of print and that they're hard to find. Um, I do think these are out of print, but at the same time, I don't think they're as unavailable as one might otherwise expect. You can expect. always check the Oni site too. True, yep. true. So – um, Oni's pretty good for um, for having stuff uh, available from time to time. So, no, it's, I I love the series. I'm a I'm a fool for you know the post apocalyptic and dystopian stories, and this is you know right, the world building stuff. So this is right in my wheelhouse as far as uh, uh, a science fiction fantasy type story. Absolutely, absolutely yeah. loved it. And, and I mean, in, in, within the first year, the first 12 issues, I mean, a lot has happened. The, the, mm-hmm. this, the, the tribe has gone through a lot, but it's still there. I don't feel like it's it's being padded out. I don't feel like it's it's been 12 issues. Why hasn't anything happened? There are there because there are so many players involved and and there's politics and and there's there's drama and there's there's a lot in these in in each book and and there's the nice little text piece uh, told by I'll call it a survivor but they're they're um no it's it's yeah a lot it's, of text pieces it's it's, it's a thick book and and you're I think you're rewarded if you if if Oh, I'll, I'll say stick with it, but I mean, if you if you give it a chance, if you if you take the time, if you're going to sit and read this, if if you're you know, tired of your of, of your big two, or just want to want want something along the lines of, well, you know, you guys said Walking Dead, yeah, it's something like it's it's going to take time, but I I think I, I think it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a book that it's an investment because you're 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 learning the characters and they're being revealed right. to you slowly. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of like what we were talking about with the wire. There are characters that, um, develop over time. So yeah, it's just, it's just really good storytelling. And if you like the, the post-apocalyptic, um, um, you know, that whole genre, um, it's wasteland, I think is, is definitely a, a good read for you. Um, yeah. And, and just, well, I just double checked here on the, uh, on the um, uh, apocalyptic editions, so volume one is out of print, both on the Oni website and in stock trades. Okay, um, and I'm I'm just checked eBay here. It's it's being listed on eBay for quite a pretty penny. 
which often happens with OOP books, but it looks like these these listings also aren't getting any bids. So you might have to just search a little bit for that one if you want one in that version. But but volume two uh, is readily available. Uh, looks like they're keeping that in print. So probably, I mean, if if you dig what we're saying and you want to get into it, your 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 probably best bet would be actually to track down the issues because it looks like the issues are readily available on lots of sites that do back issues, places like. Yeah. Uh, Mile high in my comic shop and collector live, or um, you know, again, if you're not a complete luddite, um, <laughs> Comicsology has the entire series yep. uh, available. Uh, and the fir- actually, first issue is still free. Yes, cool. correct. Mm-hmm. So, so you that can always be, dip your toe. Always dip the toe. Yep. There you go. Give it a whirl. Nice. Well, you guys want to take a, an EOC live tweet? Uh, show. Uh, this one no. is uh, is from uh, the aforementioned L.A. Rabbit. Nice. Uh, it says, this is more for J.B. Wood. Oh. Um, but any tips for reading on the bus? There we go. I can get nauseous, but okay usually on the Metro. Huh. Uh, paper uh, or digital hashtag. <laughs> well, I mean, again, he, he kind of alluded to the answer, which is that the only tip I can say is you either do or do not get car sick, right? I mean, my wife gets terribly car sick trying to read in a vehicle. So, okay, so then there is no tip, right? I mean, I'm 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 knock on wood, totally fine to watch TV or to read or to listen to stuff on a bus. So it's just it's not bothersome to me. So I don't know what tip there would be. It's just you either can or you can't. I I mean, I just you know I I either have a paper product or a iPad product that I read, it's nothing. There's no trick to it, you know. I, I would say if you're if you're asking me how to avoid getting car sick, I mean, I guess either get those little bands that people wear around their wrist with the magnets that people swear by. I mean, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. it seems like voodoo science to me, but some people right. swear by it. Or or Dramamine. Uh, or Dramamine, but I don't yeah. know if you want to be in the habit of taking Dramamine every day. So <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, Dan. I can't. Sorry, get a driver response for you get a driver i'm i'm awesome but i don't know that i can cure uh cure motion sickness uh here's one from uh uh from super spell i believe is it uh it's onomar yes, yeah which is super super spell right mm-hmm. yes um what albums released in 2013 are you guys bumping in your ear holes right now so wow music question. Mm-hmm. i i rarely buy new music um I really buy music. I mean, well, I may pick up Daft Punk's new album. Okay. Um, hell, I just picked up Discovery, which came out like over a decade ago. So I'm not exactly the dude to ask about new music. Uh, I mean, you know, not to – I have totally moved to the Spotify model, so – Basically, really? any, yeah. any music that I think of, I just, uh, you know, I, I pay for the premium version so I can get that music at a glance. I just add it to my a playlist and start listening to it. So I, I don't buy physical media anymore. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, I don't know. It's difficult for me to say that. Uh, I guess what I'm getting is I don't listen to albums much anymore. Um, I seemingly just, just will add the albums to my list and then just start listening to different songs that, uh, now that said, I, I will say that that uh, just recently I have to give props to uh, Modern Vampires of the City, which is Vampire Weekend's new album. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been enjoying that. Um, I am a big fan of uh, ASAP Rocky, who is a uh, it's a rapper. Long live ASAP, and the S in that is a dollar sign. Uh, I, I think that's a really good album. Um, 
I'm trying to think of what else it's uh, that that I've been listening to recently. Um, oh, the, the one album that I that came out this year that? that that one album that came out this year that I will occasionally still play is the um, the twelve 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 Sandy Relief concert. That's the only thing I can really think of that came out this year that I'm still listening to. That I bought that came out this year. Nice. I've got uh, I got a few. Um, the one and it'll be uh, it'll be the outro music. Uh, Michael Cronin's MC2 record is by far my favorite record uh, of the year so far. Uh, we talked uh, a little bit during the the intro. Uh, Steve Martin, believe it or not, Steve Martin and Edie Brickell have an amazing new record out uh, uh, called Love Has Come For You, which is is fantastic. Um, uh, She and him, and I really didn't want to like that record (laughs) at all. I mean, I really didn't want to like it, but Marta uh, bent my ear to it, and that's uh, um, Zoe Deschanel and um, uh, M. Ward. And uh, and Volume 3 of She and Him has been really something that's uh that's spent a lot of time in my cd player uh and uh the new uh brass bed record is fantastic so that's kind of what i've been listening to lately and i'm kind of the opposite of um of jason um <laughs> i've i've gone back to listening to a lot of albums instead of uh instead of the you know mixes or you know just like you know pandora and that kind of stuff um oh the latest uh nick cave and the bad seeds album is fantastic mm, mm-hmm. so, yeah so that's, uh, that's what i've been listening to i'm looking at my spotify now so i can uh so uh definitely unorthodox jukebox bruno mars album i've definitely uh got that oh, nice. on the rotation um 2020 experience jt's new album uh, and actually, if all goes well, it will be going to the Justin Timberlake Jay-Z concert this summer. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for that. It's going to be hot, y'all. Um, yeah, I guess that's really it. I mean, in terms of, like, new jams, I... I... The new Eels record, uh, Wonderful Glorious, is really good. Uh, I haven't heard it, actually. Maybe if, I'll add it to my Spotify. If you are an Eels fan, it's it's good. It's good Eels. <laughs> that's good it's good unagi mm-hmm. yeah there you go yeah new grizzly bear this year was good so we can talk you know music forever but um uh let me see here how about uh one more one more live tweet and uh and then we'll uh, we'll move on to some other stuff um how about oh it's a question for vince so let's answer it uh does vince bond have uh, a mullet in the eoc uh 2099 or a glowing eye and cybernetic arm and that is from uh um leaf insect uh man dan uh the latter i definitely don't see the mullet making a comeback you know i think why can't he have a mullet and a glowing eye and cybernetic arm i'm gonna go for the hat trick uh uh, yeah, I mean, and that ties into his question before that, where he was saying, "What would EOC 2099 be like?" Oh, and he said he means besides that. besides me being the perfect human specimen. So I appreciate that, Dan. Um, <laughs> 2099. Well, David would be a a a supervillain. Uh, yes. Wait, what? Why? Because you're uh, the you're the one that started out righteous, and then everything everything came crashing down around you and so basically and, if, if and you were so hurt by the, in yeah, your life would yeah. have been annoying to the point that you were like fuck it 
So, so yeah. basically, you all decided to come into my dorm room and fuck with my calculations and try to tell me that what I was doing was wrong. Yeah. And okay, all right. You had you the be, best. Like, you had the Victor best intent. Victor Von Dapp. Victor Von Dapp. There we go. You had the best intentions, but right. uh, it uh, it just it ended up you had to burn it all. All right, I'll be the bad guy. Chris Chris would would be rocking the sweet ass fedoras, but his head would be transposed on a gorilla's body by then. Because <laughs> I like it. Yeah, um, uh, I probably would be uh, just a, a, a cyber consciousness. I would have had hopefully enough resource that I was able to transfer my consciousness, like Arnim Zola style, into you know some kind of artificial body. But you know, I have like no physical body left. So. Well, you could be the consciousness in Vince's cybernetic arm. Mm, then I'd just be slapping him all day. Right. I'd slap himself all day. It'd be great. That's bank it. No, well, that's yeah. See, I wouldn't want to be there. <laughs> Thanks, Vince. That would be really disturbing. So, yeah. All right, David. What have you been reading? What have I been reading? Uh, I um, I read. I'm pretty much caught up on all new X Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I am too. What issue? Eleven uh, ish. 11-ish? Okay. I don't know if I'm that far in. Um, did you see who went to go? Yeah. To oh, no, I'm through it. Yeah, I'm through 11. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I kind of – I read them wrong because I, I found out who joined with Scott's crew when I read Uncanny X-Men. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen yet in all new X-Men. I wasn't spoiled. It still worked out, but seeing, but I I liked reading it that way because I don't think things are as they appear. Um, basically, just t- without giving too much away, one of the original five breaks away from the Jean Grey school and joins Scott and Emma and Magneto. Um, and so, as I read, as I went back and read all new X-Men and, and saw this character um, leave the Jean Grey school, there was a conversation he had with um, with the faculty at the Jean Grey school. And, and one thing was said about being, I guess... Um, Dude, your mold. pussy is loving it right now. She really is. She is all fucking <laughs> over me. Uh, she... Uh, the the student the original X-Men basically there was talk that maybe um, send someone over there to be a mole so part of me is thinking that it's not all it's it's cracked up to be with with people who went and followed Scott Uh, there's a little bit I guess some of the um, some of the turmoil is maybe getting dragged out a bit as far as the five that are that, that the original X Men are here in the present day. Um, it's been eleven issues, and not a whole lot has happened. There've been a, there's been a lot more. Why are we here? And and Beast brought us here, but we don't. Why the reason why he brought us here? Yeah, it's been it, Bendis in that regard. It, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's it's a goddamn gorgeous book. Oh, Eminem is a beast. <laughs> he's channeling like some Hughes, some Dodsons. Uh, he's got his own take on things. There's a little bit of old school Pacheco on this. It's it's a beautiful looking book, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, you're, I mean, you're, the, I have, I have glanced lovingly at the, um, original art pages several times now. Uh, just cause yeah, it's, there's, I'm waiting for like a page though that has like just the right, I, I really, really would love to see a page of Eminem and drawing the classic beast. And there's been, there were a few in the issues, but, but they're, they're gone. Sadly, I'm sure. I guess it, yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of digging the new brotherhood of evil mutants. I'm going to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I did not, I, I guess I, is this the, no, this isn't the age of apocalypse saber tooth. This is the saber tooth that Loeb killed, right? It's still, it's, it's the victory yeah. from this. Okay. Yep. All right. So I didn't, I didn't read about him coming back. Obviously he is. Um, but I, I didn't read that story yet. So I'm just, I'm just rolling with it. I, 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 I skipped the story cause I, okay. just as I pretended that those Loeb issues never right. happened. Exactly. Happened, perfect. They didn't get re- okay. Yeah. So I'm going to pretend that this is the same saber tooth that was in the supernovas yep. arc from, from the old X-Men book. All yep. right, good. All right, cool. We're on the same page. Then. Yeah. Yeah. I read the first couple issues and, uh, and liked them fine. It's, uh, I'm actually, I'm giving Bendis. Yeah. I took a couple years off, but I'm giving Bendis, uh, another, another shot because I've heard some good stuff, um, from the Marvel now. And yeah, uh, all new is fun. And are you guys reading Age of Ultron? You know what? Just for you, I am. Um, well, it's you and me. yeah, no, you, you, you and Pat. I, I, I sent Pat a uh, Mr. Pat Loic. I sent him a text, and I said, you know, if if I turn off the um, the logic portions of my brain, if I just think about if I don't if I don't focus on anything that's logical, the story's somewhat decent um well, you are talking like, about, you are talking same, about superhero comics right? it's the same part of your brain that enjoys like paul blart mall cop type of thing maybe uh <laughs> it's uh, well, yeah i mean we, we are talking about superhero comics no we are but you know. but when i there's there's one part in the story where i kind of it's it's a future story Something that, that that's it's a, going it's a, to happen. It's, a, it's an alternate. It's a. It's no different from Age of Apocalypse or Days of Future Past. It's an alternate reality future story of the Marvel Universe. It's it's House of M meets the Terminator meets the Days of Future Past. Okay, because it's it's the same. Well, House, thing. House of M was an alternative, though. No, I mean, House, well, House I mean it. It was. It it's was an alternate set. reality. It's it, well. It started off present well, day. Well, it actually happened It'll, though. I mean, right. yes. Like, like she actually changed the world to that, and then at the end got rid of all the mutants. Like that actually happened in the main universe. Yeah. Now in Age of Ultron, Wolverine Dep- does something. Depends on that, how long that, you say whatever. I'm not going to get caught up in the in the canon or the continuity no, see, of it. But, and and hmm. but even even the even getting caught up in in the continuity of it, there's. When as I'm reading this and I'm I'm going along with it, and and um, they basically all the heroes have to they have to get, they have to make it to the Savage Land because that that's pretty much it, Ultron has destroyed civilization for the most part and and our heroes have to stop him, um, and there are some pretty neat revelations as as um, as you get to the end of each. Each issue, I, I really do like the, the the cliffhanger aspect. I mean, he Bendis 
has has is pretty good um knack for getting you to that last page and you're like well holy crap and and you want to continue it and i've enjoyed that but then we get to um we get to the savage land and you're telling me you have people like um well tony stark for example the only there's really only one person who had a contingency plan for if and when Ultron finally snapped and was able to? Well, that, comp- but I mean, but that's that's the whole thing. And and once again, this is it's an alternate reality story, and that's why I like it because you can kill people and you just turn the page and go on. It's like okay, um, you know, Black Panther's dead. Move on. Yeah, and and you just kind of keep going. And the whole idea is that Ultron kept evolving. And there was there was um, a point where his evolution would surpass the the Marvel universe's heroes' ability to stop him. Right, and he like the board. Yeah, yeah, he got to a, it. Was gonna happen eventually, and and he did it, and he has taken over the world and he is systematically exterminating the human race. And, and yeah, and the heroes are are down to their down to their last and most of them have been killed. Well, and most of them and then you have some that have changed because now we're getting to the part of the story that I'm really enjoying and I guess the first 4, 5, 6 issues they were trying to figure out how to deal with Ultron um 5 or so heroes went into the future to stop Ultron mm-hmm. and one ish <laughs> hero went back in time to um to, to uh, basically kill, to kill Hitler in his crib. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and when that happened and and butterfly effect they made it back to their present <laughs> time um the Defenders were there to stop them. And the Defenders consisted of Doctor Strange, The Thing, um, Janet Van Dyne, dressed like Miss Marvel, um, Cable, who happens to be Cyclops, and Jason will love this because it's Wolverine in his in, in the blue, in, in the brown and tan, so I'm happy. Oh, the bee costume? Yeah. <sighs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and Colonel... America, who has an eye patch. So. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's. But so now, now we're in an, in in a universe where um, we're not familiar with anything. Where 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 things have merged, and and I I'm enjoying this. I guess second act a lot more than I did the first. And um, the 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 Hitchinary art was okay. Um, it's it was Hitch art. No, yeah, but it, it it's there's a lot of detail and 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 and, and most of it worked. Uh, like Brian then, Hitch, you'll like it. it. It's Hitch it, art. It, well, I, I like I like older Hitch, but the uh, but then the, now you have the art split up into two. You have um, Carlos Pacheco and uh, Jesus Marino doing. Uh, the past mm-hmm. section of the book and Brandon Peterson doing the, the future. I love it. I mean, that, that is, that is one of the things about comic books that sets the medium apart and you to, for all of the different realities, you have different artists working on. Them. Right. Exactly. And it reminds, it keeps reminding me of fringe, 
you know, whenever they would do the, uh, the different, oh, the yeah. different, the different intros, the red beginning, the blue beginning. And so you, you know, at the beginning of the episode, you knew which reality or which, you know, what timeline you were watching by the intro. And, and they're kind of picking up that idea with this, that, you know, whatever artist, you know, the, the art reflects the, the reality or, or time, which right. is, it's, it's, it's smart. That's yeah, that's you works. should do that kind of shit with comic yeah, books. Absolutely, you know, it makes it's a sense. Medium, damn it. Yeah. So, yeah, but I, you know, I'm, I'm digging. It. I know that, uh, um, I know that Vince wasn't wasn't digging on it, and I, from from what I caught from him last week, mostly because of like one kind of throwaway line from Reed, but that's because Vince has a. Um, unnatural love for Fantastic Four, but uh, we can we can let him we can let him talk about it next week uh, maybe a little bit. But uh, no, I'm I'm enjoying it. it's the uh, I think a good time to come back and uh, and read some Bendis comics again. So it's uh, I took a little uh, took some time off. And, uh, well, I, I think it's, it's I I think it's a good time now for you to come back anyway because he's not he's not writing the Avengers. He he let that go and now he can play in another sandbox and you'll be there pretty much for the beginning of it so you'll he's, he's kind of like david moffat that way in that i i like his one-offs i like the 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 small projects it's just you know don't it's when he's showrunner for the entire season that i think things meander a little bit too much yeah and uh and i'm hoping that you know how long is age of ultron gonna run is it a 12 issue probably i think Okay, ten or twelve because they're already up to eight, and it feels like they've got about four issues left to kind of wrap things up, Mm -hmm. and and I think it'll be a nice a nice twelve issue series. It's uh, um, it kind of walks you through a lot of the Marvel U, and there's some good action scenes, and um, you know people live, people die. You turn the page, and you go to the Savage Lands. You know, Mm -hmm. it's uh, it's all right. I'm I'm digging it. Yeah, I will say with all things Bendis is hit or miss with me these days. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm really enjoying not just all new X Men, but uh, I'm finding Uncanny X Men to be quite good. Really, uh, I've heard people say it's terrible. No, Ooh. I like it quite a bit. You're, you're oh. listening to the wrong people. All right, yeah. I, I've, I've heard, I've heard comments like, "How can all new be so good and Uncanny be so bad?" Oh, I, I, I don't. No, I don't. I don't see that oh, at okay. all. I mean, yeah. I don't know, but again, it depends on where you're coming from. I mean, oh my god. Jason, did did you did you read the, the 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 last issue, issue five? Not yet, no. Oh my God, the art is just. I know we were talking about the Bacello's art and and how it's slamming. Fraser Irving does the art for number five. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. It is gorgeous. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard that too. But no, I I like. I mean, to me, Uncanny is uh, is is more in line with with uh, like the 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 true state of, of the X-Men, you know, I mean, all new has got the conceit of having this time hop thing where you've got the old characters seeing the new world and dealing with that. Whereas, you know, this is a set of characters and it's, uh, you know, it's some of, of my favorite characters. And, and admittedly, um, you know, I could see people, I could see some people that are hardcore X-Men fan having issues with it because it's, uh, it's following the, 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 the linear it's, you know, it's following the linear story of, of where we left off after the Phoenix Five, and and you know uh, essentially Cyclops is now full blown 
uh, you know, mutant liberator slash villain. I mean, he's he's very much taken on the mode of of you know, come to me, my mutants, and and I'm going to train you. Begin, you know, the you know, I, he's 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 full on, you know, he's full on where Magneto was when we all were first introduced to the to the to the world of mutants. You know, he he he's 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 still that guy. Um, and and I think people probably are put off by the fact that uh, some of the characters, Cyclops included, are are, are struggling to use their powers. Um, but to me, the art, the dialogue, the, the cast of characters, it's been terrific. I, Even the I new mutants, they're, uh, they're yeah, absolutely. The new mutants are terrific. They're they're powerful. They have unique powers that they're just not they're just not ciphers for other X Men that we've seen in the past. Um, uh, I will also say that, uh, but what I was saying is hit or miss, and that um, uh, as much as it's this group of characters that I adore, um, I'm finding Bendis's Guardians of the Galaxy to be nearly irredeemable. I I, I <laughs> it, it's been an absolute slog for me. I uh, that's what Vince was saying too. Yeah, I have to agree with him there. And and it's funny because Vince is now so full bell hell's bells into the the Marvel stuff. But but I am finding myself disagreeing with his interpretation of certain things. Like, uh, and I'm I, I guess I I should probably wait until he's here to talk about this. But he has raved to me about Thunderbolts, the new incarnation, mm. and besmirched the uh, the new uh, Uncanny X Force. And I am in the completely opposite camp. I have found Uncanny X-Force to be a delight on every level. And I have found the new Thunderbolts to be completely uninteresting. So we're very much at odds on the what's the best part of the new Marvel now. Um, uh, but Uncanny X-Force, Sam, you know, I, I think to replace Remender is a daunting task. But Sam Humphreys is doing a terrific job of it. And, you know, again... I think a lot of this comes down to who are your favorite characters. Um, in Uncanny X-Force, the villain so far has been Bishop, fresh from his time-hopping jaunt where he was trying to kill Hope and, and Cable, and he's possessed by the demon bear. So, you know, if you're not a big Bishop fan or if you're like Vincent, you hated Bishop because of what he did to Cable, I could see you not being too into that. Um, also, I'm a huge Phantom X fan, and we have three versions of Phantom X in this book. Oh, so, that's a hundred percent good. Like yeah, hundred percent goodness to me. But again, if he's not your 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 favorite character, then you know it might be a little off putting for you. You 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 know this is a team that's uh, consists of uh, of of um, Storm, of um, Psylocke, of Phantom X, uh, of who am I forgetting? David Puck, uh, of Puck, uh, of Spiral from the Mojoverse. Um. And I guess that's the they're the main group of characters. Yeah. But but uh but you know I I enjoy all of those characters and all their different incarnations. So uh this is is working quite well for me. Uh and I think Ron Garney's look looks great. I think his art looks terrific. Uh with Danny Mickey inking him. So Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think I think the art's terrific. Uh I think that he's drawing beautiful women. I think Puck's the right proportion. Uh yeah. so I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I I think that's a really fun book. Uh, and I'll leave Thunderbolts to Vince to discuss because I, I just, on the other hand, have been very bored by that book. And I do not find Steve Dillon to be a great fit for characters like the Hulk. I just, I don't, I, I love Steve Dillon. I think he's a terrific artist. But on the right book. Yeah, but on the, yeah. I think he needs to be on a book where he's drawing largely human characters. I, yeah. I don't, uh, and again, that's personal preference. Um, uh, but but for me, it it's not, his art style is just not analogous to what I would expect from that group of characters so cool what's uh you went to a couple uh eoc live tweets 
Let's see. Um, we got a whole new batch here. Oh, here we go. This is so Equinox, Mr. Chris Chavez. <laughs> I just is asked. He's asking a question which ties into a conversation we've been having for the last week on our forums. Which can be found uh, where? Where can they be found, David? Oh, okay. Forum. Forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. Correct. He would like to know, do we feel that Jim Lee has done enough to be considered a comic legend? Yes. David? Um, I should say yes. I just – I don't <laughs> – no, no, no. Because and, – and this is – you could tell me if this is just me because I, I have – I have trouble sometimes looking at things objectively and, and, and I consider – People who were drawing comics before I started reading comics to be legends because I started reading comics after Jim Lee started drawing comics. It's hard for me to think of him as a legend. Yeah, uh, but, but you're talking about him drawing comics. No, no, no. But but just being in – but not just drawing comics but then, you know, breaking so off. It's like, it's like it was, was, Phil, was, was Phil Jackson – one of the all-time great NBA players. No. Is he a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. You know what I mean? I do. Okay. Is that okay? I mean, I mean I'm with Chris. I, I, I can't – I think in, when you have discussions like this, it's important to put – or try to put personal views aside. And, and I, I think that uh, he, he's – I don't see how I can consider him a legend. Uh, he, you know, he, he – his importance, both as a creator uh, and a business person, and it, I think is transcendent. You know, and 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 sure, you're right. I mean, it's a little weird when you think of guys like like Lee who came up after we were already knee deep in the in the genre. But I mean, the, the I mean, when you think of he was the guy. I mean, he was the dude at Marvel. I mean, or at least one of the dudes. You know, he was doing the big books and was in the high demand, and he has the He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's John Byrne, Carmine Infantino, and Paul Levitz rolled into one. Yeah, I mean he he drew you know? you know he drew the top selling comic of all time. I mean, which is in and of itself quite a a little asterisk to have it next to your name. Yeah. You know, then obviously he he to, to then, hear then, then ran his own studio was one of the founders of one of the most important publishers in the industry, and then went to the second largest publisher and is the co-publisher. Well, and I think one of the interesting things about the image thing is I think everyone knows that he was one of the image founders, but what's important to remember in the context of that is that, you know, he was considered a very important piece of that, of that, uh, of that exodus because Rob and Todd were very much, you know, marched to the beat of their own drummer and they were very much, well, fuck it. You know, we don't, they, they really didn't, they questioned authority and so, although they were huge names at the time, uh, and 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 Marvel didn't want to lose them, it was getting Lee to come along, who was perceived at the time to very much be uh, a company man, uh, a very even keeled guy, a guy who um, wasn't impulsive. When he left with them, that really sent a signal to the industry that this was more than just a couple impulsive guys getting too big for their britches. Um, and so, you know, to go from that and then to, you know, I think we make such fun of it, but we can't underestimate the significance of 
when Lee and Rob were brought back to do Heroes Reborn. You know, I know David. You know, you you and I. Are, it's fresh in our memories because of uh, you know the Sean Howe book. But you know, we laugh at that because I don't think it was well executed. But at the time, I mean, Marvel was at a desperate state and put a tremendous amount of resource and power into those guys' hands. I mean, they really were putting their tail between their legs and coming back begging to these guys who gave them the finger to save the company. And again, while I think in retrospect it didn't save the company, um, in the context of the importance of it at the time, it was huge. Um, you know, and then as Chris said, then to do Wildstorm and then to sell Wildstorm to DC after being the Marvel guy and then the image guy. And then to, after, you know, all this time parlay that into being the co-publisher of DC. Uh, and, and, be I, in, and be involved in the video game. Yeah. And, and one and of the, the interesting things, side. yep. And listening to, uh, and I mentioned this in the forums was Lee gave a fantastic interview with Kevin Smith recently on, on the fat man and on Batman, the Kevin Smith podcast about Batman. Yeah. And it was really, it was a two, it was a two episode uh, chat because it went so long and Lee just charmed the hell out of me in that because I had never really heard him in a long form interview before, and he's just a very laid back, super smart, super nice uh, guy. Uh, pers- you know, guy with true perspective, uh, and you know he got the publisher job because he asked for it. Uh, he 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 told the story that Diane Nelson you know was put in charge of DC Entertainment and made it clear that changes were afoot, and he was sitting there thinking, well, if they're going to have a new publisher. Uh, I would love the job, but I don't know why she would know that. So she reached. He reached out and said, "Listen, I could be way off base here. I don't know if I would even be worthy of consideration. But I just want to say that if you are casting a wide net, I would like to be considered for publisher." And then what really blew my mind is he brought the, the DO with him. Oh, because that's that's he funny. said that he had been working with the DO and having not known him well when the DO came aboard DC. He had come to realize that the Dio's strengths were in a perfect complement to his strengths in the things that they liked to do relative to running the business and said, I think Dan and I would actually be great doing the job together. Again, I have no idea if you would even consider having two people do the job, but I think we could pull it off. So, you know, this, is, <laughs> this guy is just a, a badass. I mean, he's held his life in such a – he strikes me as one of those guys that's been able to accomplish almost anything he's ever set his mind out to. Now, all that said, getting back to David's viewpoint, I have to stop short, though, in saying he's like that dude. Like to, to people like Julian, he's that guy. To people like – you know, he's not – there are a lot of people view Jim Lee as the guy of his generation. I can't quite go there with Lee because I think as an artist, while iconic and legendary – an incredible draftsman. He is. I think he has He's, not yeah. evolved as an artist enough as a storyteller mm-hmm. for me to say he's that dude as an artist. But I think yep. your analogy of Phil Jackson is great, Chris, because I think if you're viewing him on his sum total of his art of his arc as a artist plus publisher plus executive, he's maybe without parallel in our in our genera- in our lifetimes. But it's it's really funny. Um uh, Phil Jackson just uh, published yeah, a, I know. a, a book, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's called uh, Eleven Rings, mm-hmm. and yeah. that is it conspicuously leaves out the two that he won as a player. Right, <laughs> and 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 I think that you know we can't discount 
uh, Jim Lee's career as an artist because he's he's, he's active. You know, I mean, he's still he yeah, still he's is is an artist. But Superman you know, now, dude, yeah. yeah. You know, I think he is. I think he is a. We've talked about it. You know, a hundred times. He's a phenomenal draftsman. He's if a, a pure artist. His his ability to render is amazing. Um, I would rather buy a Darwin Cook comic. You know, it's it just from you know mm-hmm. style and storytelling and all that. But um, you know, I, I you know he's he's kind of Paul Levitz and John Byrne and and Carmine Infantino kind of all wrapped up together. He was like the artist of 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 a time, and and he's gone on to you know creator to publisher, and you know he's got his hands in, in editorial and all that. So yeah, I mean he's you know he ran a, ran his own his own studio. He's he's done yeah. I mean, you, is he Mount Rushmore? No, not not. He's not in the the Mount Rushmore of of comics history. But man, he yeah, he's a legend. He's he's a living legend. Totally. Yeah, I think so. And uh, uh, again, I mean, I think the debate is where he belongs on that list of Hall of Famers versus whether he's a Hall of Famer. You know, if if there's mm-hmm. such a mm-hmm. uh, and 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 I have to say, I could never give him probably the Full credit he deserves because he's a Princeton Tiger. So, <laughs> so fucking. But, but, uh, and I did, I did, I, I did have the pleasure of meeting him at uh, at Morrison Con, and I, I still one right. of the most surreal, right. surreal experiences. Wait, it even worse for not going. Oh my gosh! When when Ron asked me to mod the the artist panel, I was like, uh, okay. It was me. Up there talking with Jim Lee, J.H. Williams, Chris Burnham, Frank Quietly, and Derek Robertson. You want to talk about my my sphincter was about yay yeah, no yay tight. Oh my god! But um, uh, Jim came up to me beforehand and said, "You know, what's yeah, let's get together and talk about you know what we're going to do for the panel." And so I'm sitting there for like five minutes, and I'm like, "You're Jim Lee." You're Jim Lee. You're, You're like, well, I'm going to talk about, remember that time you drew that book? Oh, <laughs> remember, remember X-Men number one? That was so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's this absolutely wonderful guy. Very, um, very, very pleasant. Very, uh, very uh, quick to, you know, smile and, and joke with anyone around. A very nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, so you would like, you would like that interview because knowing you, he said some things that I was thinking as I listened to it, like, oh, this would please David, like the way that he views the world. For example, um, since the podcast was, you know, the podcast that Smith does is about Batman, uh, a decent chunk of the second episode is about Hush. And Jim <laughs> said that he very much had to fight to be in uh, Batman in the book um, for Hush to be not like a standalone, you know, let's look at like Jim Lee's going to do a Batman book, you know, standalone, like, like limited series. Uh, but he, to him, given the history of the book and its longevity and some of the classic runs that were just part of the book before we were in a world where you had these, you know, one shots and spinoff series and stuff. Mm-hmm. He insisted that it be just part of the numeric sequence. Of he wanted it to be like, like year one. Yeah. No, that's what yeah, he brings that up. You're right. He's like, I, I felt like I just, I wanted to be just another in the long pantheon of that book. I that's awesome. 
Yeah, you know, and I was like, that's cool. Like, that's a cool perspective. Actually, I've, got the, I've, I've got the the absolute edition of Hush, and for that, it, that was one series of Jim Lee's art that I wanted because that was that was a comic that that kind of got me back into being excited sure. about comics. It's a great, mm-hmm. it's a great Batman story. I mean, it really is. I it, think it, so. It walks it walks you through. So it, it, I'm a, almost the entire Rogues Gallery. Is yeah. in there. Well, and, and he, yeah, and Lee joked about how, um, you know, in in some ways, you know, the writing was giving him a platform to get to draw, you know, to to go around the Batman world, you know, that 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 in, yeah, in what's its own wrong way. With each, that? No, no, he was saying, but he was really grateful for that. Like it wasn't like he pushed for that, but mm-hmm. he'd get each issue script and it'd be like, and he was like, oh, this is my chance to draw the Rose Gallery. It's my chance to draw the supporting characters. So. He was really grateful that he got a chance in that the, that run to to test his strength, you know, against all of these different uh, characters. And he also said that he was, if you look, and I have to go back and look. But you could pull. It, he said if you go back and look at how he drew Batman in issue one of Hush, and then you look at say the last few issues, you'll see a startlingly different look because you know he 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 gets to that first issue and he's so hyped up, mm-hmm. and he drew him very oversized and super strong and. As he got more comfortable with the fact that this was a human character, and you know, he said he, you know, by the end he's a much more streamlined and svelte and fit, but not overly muscular character. And that would be the way he would draw them now. If he got a chance to draw him on a regular basis, he would draw him in that. You know, that he he felt by the end of the series he really understood how Bruce should move and act and be. So, yeah, I, I dig the guy. I have to say, I dig the guy a lot. Now that all said, I I, I don't I don't know how much power he actually has as co-publisher of DC, but you know, we won't, we won't go there for now, but I, I got to say DC is to my mind in a world of hurt. I mean, Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. Chris. That's right. <laughs> it is not a good look right now. It's, um, yeah, it's, you know, when I, it's, prob- and it's cyclical, you know, it's cyclical. It, right? it's, I mean, it's cyclical, but I mean, you, at some point you got to call it for what it is. And, and we all, we all kind of talked about it at the at the launch. They they have some really good talent mm-hmm. on some of their books, but it was it was pretty apparent that they were not going. They were going all in on their properties and not all in on on the talent surrounding them. You know they yeah. they they had Morrison. They had you know Capullo. They had Azarillo. Um, you know, there's a, a few other artists and a, and a few other writers there, but it was uh, it was pretty apparent from the get go that they were going to try and and live on the strength of of their of their IPs, and at some point, and tip your cap to fucking Marvel, and it and it's it hurts me to say that because <laughs> I've been I've been on their ass for a while, but yeah. but but Marvel has really cultivated talent and you look at at who they have in their stable now of of creators and talent wins out talent you know cream does rise to the top and when you have the best in the business working on your books it's gonna it's gonna show and and it's kind of a tortoise and hare thing boy dc came out like the hare and and marvel just didn't panic they kept good talent on their books and it's it's showing now 
And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's like, man, the Bulls came out for another ba- basketball analogy. Bulls came out, put one on the Heat that first game. Did anyone ever think that the Heat were going to lose that series? Right. No, nah, right. you know, because talent wins out in the end. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Mr. Chavez has, an, I think, an equally interesting question, and it's uh, this could be a hot-button one, depending on who listens and how we answer it. It's fascinating. I've never heard it asked before, and I think it's terrific. Uh, he says, does the time spent creating shows truly qualify podcasters as press at conventions, or is it taking advantage of the con? Um, compared to what? Well, I think he means, do we deserve to be given press credentials and access and Absolutely. stuff? Absolutely. I think so. Um, it's... There, there's, there's no difference between this or, um, you know, I, it, it, that, that kind of, and I'm not going to say that, that it offends me. Um, but there was a time when I was doing this where I was spending, um, 20 to 30 hours a week, um, working on around comics. And I'll guarantee you that I was working as hard, if not harder than 90% of the people that worked at Newsarama or sure. CBR or, 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 or wherever. And it was all to cover comics and, and to, uh, um, expand the medium and, and, and bring fans in. So yeah, absolutely. No, uh, um, absolutely. Podcasters that, uh, that put their time in should be viewed as press. I agree with what you're saying there, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think, and, and I, I do think Chris's question, Chris Chavez's question, is 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 an interesting one, though, because I will say, I look at this on two sides of the coin. Being completely candid here, and you know, we I know that we have very large uh, convention uh, planners that listen to our show. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I uh, there is not a convention where we get press credentials that I'm not still partially you know relieved and grateful in the sense that you know i don't i don't find myself taking it for granted that how, we do. How, i'm I'll, i will finish this conversation right now mm-hmm. um how many people um did 11 o'clock comics um bring to chicago this year sure no, absolutely no but but that but what i'm yeah. saying no no yeah. i'm agreeing with you but what, but yeah. but i also think to your point about how much hours you put in when you did ac and produced it mm-hmm. I, I do think though that uh, I think broadly, and this is not for podcasting. I think broadly, conventions are uh, unbelievably liberal with their their just their their issuance of of comp entrance to cons. I, I think that mm-hmm. the the outside of San Diego and maybe New York now, the bar is very low for qualifying as press. Um, and, and and so what I mean by that is, why I absolutely agree with you, Chris, that. The both the audience we've cultivated and the time that we put in in speaking about the cons, both before and after, and and, and hyping them, more than deserves uh, and is comparable to any print press. Um, I also would say tons of people that have blogs and or podcasts yeah. do not, I think, necessarily cross the chasm of if I were running the show that it would necessarily be all that eager to grant them access. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the argument for it is that, you know, what's the harm, you know, in granting lots of people access that are going to provide you positive coverage. Um, so I don't know. It's a cut and dry thing. I, I think that if, if the cons that continue to get bigger become more stringent in how they 
press cred. I think that's fair. But to that end, I think to your point, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that that shows like ours, uh, you know, and I fanboy and CGS and and Word Balloon that are here every week that are covering the industry from a lot of lenses. I don't think we'll ever have a time where we won't qualify and justifiably so as press because we are press. We're covering the industry in a comprehensive way, in an in-depth and intelligent way. uh, And it's our, it's our main focus. And I think that, again, I'm not going to sit here and have a dick measuring contest, (laughs) but uh, you know, from, you know, around the way, I have a fairly good idea of the audience in terms of viewership of many of the quote unquote well-known comic book sites. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, I know this isn't news to you guys, but our listenership on a weekly basis is right up there with their eyeballs. And it's frankly a lot easier to get eyeballs on the web than listeners. Mm-hmm. So even from a reach standpoint, there's no question that, you know, again, a certain tier of podcasts, and this is where I said this may incite some people. Cause I know there's a lot of people that we know, or that listen to the show that have podcasts that maybe don't have large audiences, but if you're going to make a cutoff, I mean, again, from a re- if you want to if you want to try and delineate reach, you know, the 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 there's a handful of of podcasts, ours included, that have significant reach, you know, um, and so yeah, I, I think it's a long winded way of saying absolutely, but I don't know if I would say absolutely as like I don't think having a podcast should equal press badges. Absolutely like, right. Yeah. I was just because you could yeah. you could have a podcast where you interview creators and and you talk about the industry or you can have a podcast that just reviews issues of detective comics yeah 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 and and, and that's where i think it's 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 a it's a it's a hard line though it kind of turns into a uh how many um, angels can dance on the head of a pin it's like well, no, you know, that's right you know, that's where is the cutoff yeah we'll put it this way i wouldn't be if, like so i david and i may be going well i think we're, we're definitely going to baltimore comic-con and that was kind of a spur of the moment thing. Chris Campbell's hosting, and you know it's going to be, it's going to be kind of an in and out. Tell us, yeah, I know. Should be so. So Damn. I, I reached out to them and said, it may be too late in the game. I but but I you know I, do you have press credentials? And to their credit, they wrote back immediately saying, absolutely, you're, you got a press badge waiting for you. Didn't have to really do anything other than say, hey, this is who I am. This is our show, and. They didn't even really indicate to me, I don't, or, or to you, David, whether they listen to the show, know the show, but clearly it was a very easy process. So I don't know if it was basically as simple as saying, can I have a press pass? Here is the URL to our show. Right. And, and that, you know, it was that low hanging fruit, or if they just knew the show or asked around. But the point is, got a press badge without doing anything. Now, for C2E2 or read shows now, as you guys know, it's a little you, bit of a process. You, you, yeah. you have to not only apply, but you, they, they, they give clear favoritism to legacies, to people that have been to the show before. And now you have to provide links to your print or audio coverage of prior shows. Um, And I think that's fantastic. I I think that should be a litmus test because plenty of people that we know get press badges that don't say shit about the show, right? They don't talk about it. They don't write it up. They, they, They just have a comic show and ergo they get a badge and they go to the show gratis. And, you know, um, it's not on us to decide whether that's fair or not. But if if suddenly we got to a point because of all of that bastardization of the process, you know, the cons started saying, no, you know what? We don't give press to those guys anymore. You have to be an accredited member of the Reuters or something. That would be just the suck, right? And I would feel like – I can honestly say I've never gone to a con and not reported back on it 
um, either written or uh, or on a podcast. So that's uh, yeah, yeah. So so in, in this case, I guess the final takeaway for me, at least, is that to me, there's no longer th- this notion of delineating between blogging and podcasting and a website and 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 a, and a video show. I mean th- that that's going away. If it's not already gone away, it's it's largely going away. I mean, I, you know, um, when you have YouTube pay channels and you have shows on Netflix that are generating better, you know, uh, better ratings and, and eyeballs than network shows. I mean, you, you just the, the the delivery mechanism is 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 to me no longer a viable way to delineate like what something is or whether it has value. You know, I, I don't care if it's, you know, a sketch that, so, so I, I think that's gone away. I think it, it really is now about reach and, and, and value and influence. Are you genuinely interested in espousing the show and its creators and the vendors that are going to be there? And are you offering in some way, even if it's marginal, uh, added value to the show, either on premises where you're interviewing creators and talking them up, or as we do pre and post the show, hyping the show beforehand, and then you know giving good PR and making people want to go to the next year's show. I mean, how many how many of our listeners have either reached out to us through Twitter or the forums or on uh, email since we talked about C2E2 saying I have to go to this next year? Yeah. Right. Like I, 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 after hearing you, I have to be there next year. And so, you know, that's, and to me, that's always been the most rewarding thing about us doing the show, right? Like when you go up to a creator, like Jim Rugg is, is got an art show coming up. And I was talking to him because he did an amazing art piece that's going to be mine. And at the end of the, this conversation, he said, and by the way, dude, I got to tell you, I was just at a con and I don't know if it was TCAF or one of the small, and he's like, and, 11 o'clock comics still moves books for me. He's like, tons of people at this con came up to me and said, I heard of you from EOC and came up to buy my stuff. And that's, you know, and that, that's what know, Ryan I, Brown had to say about, say, about the, yeah. about God hates astronauts. Right. And, and at yeah. least, you know, with God hates astronauts, it, it's a little more timely, right? He just did a Kickstarter. He just put the book out. But I mean, you know, aphrodisiac is like, what, three years old now? Four yeah. years. So the fact that we're still helping him sell books at cons is awesome, right? That's is, awesome. Yeah. You know, that's, that, why, that's, 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 that's the best. best. That's why we do it. That's why we that's do great. it. Um, speaking of, uh, of moving some books, let's uh, let's take another uh, EOC live tweet. This is a great question. Uh, this is from Mark White. It says, uh, I've been reading the Wally Woods EC work uh, for the first time and loving it, obviously. Uh, what other EC artists should I be seeking out? All of them. <laughs> All of them. Perfect, perfect answer. Right? I mean, um, now, it, it, you, you actually had... Back in, I think one of the first. No, that's not true. But but it, it, I shouldn't say one of the first. But one of the most distinctive episodes of AC for me was your EC focused episode when you had. Uh, I can't even think of his name right now. But uh, uh, the gym. Um, yeah. Um, God, you're gonna kill me. Oh, you can't um, either. Um, Russ. Uh, Russ Cochran. Russ Cochran. Yeah, yeah. Russ Cochran. Um, who is kind of the the the, the torchbearer for EC? Yeah. Um, I I guess one of the if you can find one of the EC archives, um, just uh, tales from the crypt, something. The, all of those guys worked on all of those comics, and so if you can pick up one of the archives, um, or even you can hit some dollar bins and find the reprints, you'll find artists that you like. And you know, there, there's, there's. So, this is you know, honestly a question that that I wish that Vince were here for. Um, you know, Jack Davis is an That's obvious I mean, one. Yeah, Wally um, Wood and Jack Davis are 
yeah. are, are probably the two big ones, but there are so many other guys, you know, Al Feldstein and got, you know, Frazetta, um, even though, you know, he didn't do that much. Um, uh, Graham Ingalls. Um, I always like Jack Kamen. Um, Vince gives me shit about it because, yes. you know, I just like Kamen's women. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's not, Johnny uh, Craig. Johnny oh, Craig. Absolutely. You know, and, and I was talking to, did you say Al Williamson? You know, I, I, duh. Al Williamson is, is, I mean, you know, there's a legend. Um, Windorf and I were talking about how how underrated uh, Bernie Krigstein is. That's yeah. who he's phrasing right now. Have, yeah, Bernie Krigstein. That's who he would always bring up. Yeah, you know, Krigstein had so many styles. He would just change hats and 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 move on and and do whatever fit the story. You know, Krigstein was great. You know, Harvey Kurtzman. You know, or John Severin. You know, it's it, there's so so many Basil Wolverton. It's any of the EC guys Dude, are are legendary. Don't forget Will Elder, Reed yeah. Crandall. Yeah, you know. I mean, and this is the thing. I mean, you know, I was trying to be, uh, you know, trite tr- with the with the, all of them, but there's some there's some legitimacy to that, right? I mean, these uh, are na- name one that worked at EC that you wouldn't consider um, in 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 one way or another. You know, at least a minor comics legend. You, you can't name one. Bill Fratio. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I had to try. I had to try. But no, but but seriously, I mean, and and the cool thing about EC is you know, that he's a Wolverton. Yeah. There are a tremendous amount of reprints available. Yeah. You know, um, uh, you, you may get a little upset because the form factor changes every now and then. Just when you think you're about to get the complete. Complete works, but 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 that said, I mean that the stuff is out there, and again, it's the cool thing is that there there are collections by artist, there are collections chronologically, there are collections by title, so like you can just get Tales from the Crypt. There the art, you know, um, the uh, IDWs put out or at least solicited several uh, uh, EC related artist editions. Now there's an EC artist artist edition which has uh you know stories by different artists in the same you can, book. if you got a spare 200 bucks to drop the uh the EC Mad magazine artist mm-hmm. edition is going to have a lot of those guys um currently Fanographics is putting out some you know nice um I would say economy size so you're not going to get the the big oversized hardcovers but they're putting out some some nice little hardcovers that will give you uh, you know the black and white of 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 some some folks there so it's a it's a, a nice little way to you know dip your toe you're going to want the the bigger stuff i at, at some point will try and track down a collection of the oversized black and white hardcovers that came out what like 20 years ago or so mm-hmm. those things are nice hillary hillary barda has a full collection of those and i just sat in his house one day and just you know flipped through them and it's like uh-huh. oh my god so amazing nice yeah, good I'm not stuff. surprised that Hillary has that. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah he's, really. He's Mister. Uh, he's Mister Wally Wood. So, well, and he's he's in a lot of ways like, I mean, like a descendant of that crew, you know, like in his style. And oh, his, Hill, sure. His preferences in terms of the kind of things he likes to draw, you know. I'll tell you what, I had a hell of a time trying to get him to draw my jam pieces because. He doesn't know or like most of the characters. He 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 wants to draw, you know, funny or yeah. or, or or quirky things or he wants to draw avant garde stuff. He doesn't want to draw SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah. Which you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> what did he end up drawing for you? 
Well, he didn't actually because he wasn't there on Saturday. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He he was there only on Friday and Sunday, so oh, and, you know okay. I didn't stick around on Sunday. So, so he owes me. I'm sure. I'm, I'm I'm sure you will you will make him pay at some point. By the way, Chris, the Birdman just gave the go ahead shot for the Heat. So did they? Bird are, 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 did did they win? No, there's eight minutes left. So. Birdman just just had a layup there. Got to got to got to admit that I I really uh really rooting for Indiana. <sighs> Pagan. Hate them. Hate them. So what I else are we reading? Are we reading any other uh, any uh, other goodness? I uh I, re- I read a I read a first issue of an image comic. Oh, and, uh, the one I already raved about a few weeks ago. Yes, yeah. East of West. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Enjoyed it. It's fucking awesome. It's yeah. It's uh, um, it's everything that's good about Hickman. It's comics perfection, man. Uh, it's really good. <laughs> nah, it's perfection, dude. It's really good. I'm I'm really looking forward to the the second one. I, you know, I I you know, I'm one of those people. I don't give out perfect grades because that means that there's never anything that can be better um but yeah it was it was it was it's got me it's got me wanting to buy issue number two it's right up there with private eye for for me for series best new series yeah you know i I still need to get the second issue of oh my god dude what (laughs) only got so many fucking hours during the day dude (laughs) so good dude it is good. I don't you, ride. You, you I don't ride a bus for two hours. And bring that on the plane, son. Yeah, I know. It's uh, so much. There's only so many hours in the day. I've got. Uh, I got an entire like season of Doctor Who to catch up on. Well, if you're talking about, <laughs> don't you start. <laughs> don't you start. The trap. Let's read Private Eye. You know what I'm saying? Well, you guys want to. Um, uh, you guys want to start wrapping this one up? Let's wrap this puppy up. Wrap it up. Put, put a little bow up. on it. I'll tell you. Um, put a bow so, right on that so, bitch. So, Jason, no, no, you next week, right? Correct. I will be in the House of Mouse. Oh. So, anyone, any listeners in the Orlando area that feel like uh, coming to the park and saying hello, I will be there. We'll have to. Uh, we'll have to see if we can get a uh, uh, a proper proper fill in for you. Uh, I, I have faith in you guys. You have faith in us. All right. I do. All right, we'll see. We'll see what we can do. Um, well, while Jason is uh, down kissing the mouse, you can uh, you can buy some uh, some Disney comics, also known as as Marvel, uh, over at Discount Comic Book Service. That's right, DCBService.com. We talked about them at the top of the show. It is uh, the best place on the internet to get your comics at deeply discounted rates. So go to DCBService.com. Remember your uh, your code if you are a first time uh, subscriber to uh, to their service, which is uh, what David EOC eight. Yeah, which what, is important. What? It uh, lets them know that uh, that you heard about uh, DCB service from our show, and uh, it gives us uh, extra press credentials. Hopefully, nice. um, not really, but uh, yeah, go check out DCB service and uh, and in your travels. 
Uh, I guess I'm the one that should go because it's usually Vince, but uh, he's not here. He'll be back next week. Uh, Jason Aaron's Thor, and uh, and I'm sure that Vince and I will have a chance to talk about it, if not next week, then the following week. But uh, if you are a fan of Thor, if you are a fan of, of Jason Aaron, which I am both, um, it's a it's kind of a match made in heaven. You uh, you should check out uh, you should check out Thor, uh, another Marvel book. And uh, uh, Isad Ribic, is that how you say his name? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, boy, he makes pretty pictures. Yeah, no, it's it's insane. Thor God of Thunder is definitely a... Uh, it's epic. It is. It is. And then you got the Butch Geist uh, issue mm-hmm. next, Chris, and, and it's... it's. Oh, did oh, you I read, I read it. The, the okay, origin. Yeah, you read the six. Gore, yeah, the gore origin. The, the gore origin, and gore is uh, is kind of a badass character. So a little bit. It's, uh, it's, taken, it's taken Thor in, uh, in some directions you haven't seen him before. Uh, right. Young Thor, old Thor, uh, medium really Thor. Really old Thor? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Present. Uh, I like it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's good stuff. It's uh, I'm I'm six issues in, and uh, and it's it's good Thor comics. It's uh, um, not the Avengers. It's uh, it's as all good Thor comics should be. It's it's uh, putting him in situations that that tax him and push him to the limits, and uh, and he has uh, met a new big bad that uh, might uh, might be uh, in the pantheon of uh, of great Thor. Uh, nemeses by the end of this one. A curse. Yes. Good stuff. Uh, we mentioned it briefly, but I to reiterate, I, I need to emphasize that Fraser Irving did the art. I'm going to say, get out and get Uncanny X Men, and it's 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 issue number five is the first part of of this arc and. Uh, Oh my God! And especially if you're an old school Doctor Doctor Strange fan, you'll enjoy the issue as well. But it is, um, it's, it's so pretty. Nice, yeah. Uh, for my inner travels, I have to say that uh, David and Vince were right. Uh, one of the Marvel Now titles, I was not necessarily rushing to go out and procure. Upon their glowing recommendations, I did go ahead and do so. And I got to say, you boys are right. Mr. Uh, Mr. Loeb and Mr. McGinnis are uh, two, two tastes that taste much better together than when they're not together. Uh, and I, I think that uh, Sam Alexander, a.k.a. the new Nova, is a terrific story. It's, uh, it's, it's really well done so far. It's just good. You know, he's he's an interesting, engaging, energetic young character that uh, – you know, it doesn't feel stale, and uh, that's not easy to do because that's a, you know, the young hero learning his powers is a a, tri- a tired conceit, and Nova is not a new concept, but uh, but but they're injecting enough newness and life, and this character is vibrant enough that I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, the first few issues were great, so uh, hat tip to Dap and Vince for convincing me to try it. But uh, I I now recommend that you all try it if you haven't. Nice, fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, uh, big thanks to uh, to the folks that submitted uh, EOC live tweet questions. You do that on Twitter. Hashtag is uh, EOC live tweet, and we don't ever uh, get to uh, to all of them, but uh, but we uh, appreciate everyone that that submits them. Gives Absolutely. us some uh, some extra fodder to talk about, and it's, uh, that is always welcome. Uh, Mr. Vince B will be back in the uh, the captain's chair next week, and uh, until then, um, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and uh, and 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 we'll see you on the flip side. Bye bye. <laughs> Peace, out, everybody. Peace. Peace.